The web's Michael Smith. It's episode 153 of the Canes cast, and you know what? What's that? The World Juniors will have a very Carolina Hurricanes feel to them. Yes, they will. They get started later this month. Actually, on Christmas. Yes, they do. Assuming everything goes well. You know, there were some travel concerns yesterday, but seems like the tournament's going to go off. Hopefully without a hitch and without a positive COVID case once they're in Edmonton safely in the bubble. I bring that up because hockey. It's real hockey and Carolina Hurricanes players, at least players in their system, players they've drafted, are going to be on the ice and we'll be able to see them. But speaking of drafts or canned beer. Ooh, I see where you're going with this. Let's thank our good friends at Storm Brew who present to you Kane's cast. Taste the storm. At 97 calories and 2.4 carbs, it is a light, refreshing lager that you can enjoy any time of year, but why not in the holidays? Yeah, tis the season for Storm Brew. Absolutely. You can find it at any major retailer around the Triangle, Costco, Wegmans, Food Lion, Hair Steeder. All your local grocers probably have it in stock, and if they don't, ask for it by name. It's from our friends at R&D Brewing right here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, of course, R&D Brewing with so many other tasty beverages that you can get your hands on to help you get through the holiday season. Or, I mean, uh, to share in the holiday season. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you. Storm Brew. Crispy. Crushable. Light. Delicious. Absolutely. Cheers to them. And, hey, we've got a great opportunity for you. Uh, and just a little bit here on the show. Whoa, you can't put a tease out like that and then like not give a little bit more because we're giving things away, right? That's part of the deal. Things. If by things you mean beer for a year. Can we win this? I don't think so. I mean, we we should be able I to. I would hope so. And if, uh, if, if nobody wins next week, you know who won. Right here. It's us. So... <laughs> Michael Smith and I got beer for six months of the year as we split it. Thank you. Thank well, them. We'll have details on how you could win beer for a year from R&D Brewing. That just sounds good, right? A storm brew every day of the year. Beer for a year. It's magical. You can't beat it. No. Details on that coming up later in the show. But before that, like you mentioned, we have some actual hockey to talk about. We do. The World Juniors taking place in Edmonton later on in the month. It's always a fun annual tournament to check in on the top prospects to see how they're performing. The Hurricanes have four of them. Ryan Suzuki for Canada, Vasily Pominareev for Russia, and Noel Gundler and Zion Nybeck for Sweden are the four prospects represented. Three of them drafted by the Canes just a couple of months ago. Yep. Of course, Suzuki, the first-round pick from the 2019 draft, and uh, not much of a surprise that he made Team Canada for this World Junior Tournament. But I think that, one, in a year where scouting was going to be a high degree of difficulty when it comes to the draft, for the Carolina Hurricanes scouting department, head up by a friend to this program, Darren York, can pluck three players who are going to represent their country in international competition in the World Juniors, You've got to think that they had the right evaluations on what they were looking for, who they're bringing into the tournament, and it's great for them because they get to watch them play in Canada. Of course, none of us can travel right now, but uh, it's a little bit easier. I'm sure that uh, they are watching all of the film they can as these young men are playing in their home country, but still, 
this is big for uh, the Carolina Hurricanes organization. When you can keep drafting players who are elite enough with their junior eligibility to play for their national teams. And as Michael just said, this is a great tournament. And this is a place where a lot of players have broken out and got on this stage, had a great tournament, and then they parlay that into the springboard for their professional career that can get them to the NHL, that can get them to be a contributor. So uh, I don't know who the exact favorite's going to be. I know I always pull for the United States in the U.S. Always. From the lineup that I saw, looks pretty stacked. We know Canada is going to be very, very good. Russia and Sweden, those are one, two, three, four. But don't forget Finland has become a world power. And in tournaments like this, they've been excellent. So it's going to be a fun tournament. It's going to be fun that we're going to have hockey that we can watch because normally when the World Juniors are going on, Michael, we are smack dab in the middle of hockey season and we don't get a chance to sit down and watch a lot of the world junior games that are out there, but these are going to be played in Edmonton. It's going to be on North American time. So it'll be a little bit easier for us to catch some of these games. And I'm looking forward to it. And I know we told Darren that we'd have him on before next year's draft. We had him on after last year's world juniors. Maybe we have him on again this year after the world juniors to get his thoughts on how the Canes foursome of prospects performed in the tournament, we might be knee-deep in season preparation here. I'm hoping that you are right on that, which we are optimistic. That is the other news that was breaking last week, that it looks like we have a little bit more of a firmed-up start of play for the National Hockey League. Now, nothing is official yet until it comes out of the NHL's offices where it's all rubber-stamped because I think that there's still... I'm hoping we're in the dotting I's and crossing T's phases of what is left to be done, but it appears that some of the big mountains to climb were climbed last week to get to a start to play for the National Hockey League. At least financially, according to the reports, uh, the league and the PA kind of clearing those hurdles, but there's still a lot to be settled. There's still a schedule to be hammered out. There's still a start date to be pinned down. There's still divisions to be worked out. Divisions, training camps, roster sizes, uh, COVID testing protocols. A lot to be settled in um, a month. If if the rumored start date, the reported start date of January 13th is accurate, it's December 14th as we're recording episode 153 of Kane's Cast. So that's that's less than a month to get everything settled and... Uh, and fired up we'll see if it happens I'm hopeful that it that it does happen Um, and I do think you know whenever whenever the league whenever the board of governors approves the plan whenever the PA approves the plan I do think the wheels can be put into motion rather quickly because behind the scenes a lot of pre-planning is already happening Mm -hmm. you know whether that's from a team standpoint lining up hotels uh, within the, the the division the reported divisions um, whether that's from a league standpoint, hammering out a schedule, yep. which as we discussed last week, theoretically, it's while there are a lot of factors at play, I think it's going to be somewhat easier this year just because you have buildings that are wide open. Yeah. And you, you're, you're looking at a schedule that uh, for a lot of teams only has seven opponents. So I think from that standpoint, it's a little easier. All this stuff is happening behind the scenes. So I think once everything gets approved, Things will happen quickly. Training camps will open. They might be quick. They might be ten days. They yep. might be less. Uh, look, look back at the 
the 2012-2013 season, the announcement that hockey was coming back was made on a Sunday, or well, I should say, it was made, I guess, prior to that, but training camp yeah. opened on a Sunday, and then by Saturday, the Hurricanes were playing their first game. So things can happen in a short amount of time. It's probably going to be similar to that, and uh, and and hopefully we get good news soon. Well, and to bring up when you talk about training camp, I think that there are those of us who, when we hear the term training camp, oh, it's for the players to get back in shape, and it's how it used to be. You know, training camp really – if you go to the 70s and even the 80s for the most part, training camp was two, three, sometimes longer weeks of players getting back into shape, getting into hockey shape, uh, but more importantly, just getting ready for the rigors of the season. Now these guys, they're in shape. So training camp is really more, when I say get into hockey shape, it's you're going to get hit. You're going to take a couple of hits. You're going to get used to physical play. You build up that tolerance. It used to be the first week or two is conditioning of camp, getting guys, getting their legs back, getting them ready to skate, all of that while putting in little things to get you ready for the season. Training camp now, these guys come in, they're in shape. And if they're not, it's found out real quick. And they're behind the curve, but they're in constant contact with either – their own strength and conditioning coach, or in this case, they're in contact with... This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. Checking in, making sure, hey, this is what they should be doing. And and it's funny because when the teams know that they get closer to a return of play, that's when the team strength and conditioning coach or the trainers, they really start to get a little bit more contact. So the players come in knowing what's expected of them as opposed to what it used to be. So I don't think you need a long time. Like if, if, if they say training camp opens on on a Friday, I would be willing to say the next Saturday, not the immediate Saturday, you could play hockey games in the NHL. And uh, you're looking at a situation now where there are a growing number of players here in Raleigh skating that have been skating for yep. a while that continue to skate. Teams around the league are in the same situation. Joe Thornton just left his, his team – overseas to come back to Toronto. Still weird that he plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but hey. Things sure. are weird. 2020 sure. things, things are, are weird. weird. Um but it's uh so everybody's kind of things are in place. You kind of just need an action plan. And that's what yeah. the league and and the PA are working to to finalize to kind of summarize the reports that we heard last week from the the various insiders, the Pierre LeBron Elliot Friedman, Frank Cervalli, those guys who are 99% of the time right on point. They're well-connected. They've got the, the inside scoops. It's reported that training camps will open on January 3rd, which is a Sunday. It's reported that the season will begin on January 13th, which is a Wednesday. You're going to play 56 games. The league's going to temporarily realign four divisions, one all in Canada with the seven Canadian teams. And the 24 U.S.-based teams will then be split into three divisions of eight. The latest division that the Hurricanes are rumored to be in. The Central Division. Yeah, this is, I like maybe the South Central. I don't know. I mean, it's a... You can call Straight it out of Raleigh? Anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that's the division the Hurricanes are currently... Uh, reported to be in, which includes the two Florida teams, Florida yep. and Tampa Bay, Nashville, yep. 
uh, Detroit, Columbus, Chicago. In the original, the first thing that got floated out last week had Minnesota in it. Yeah. And Minnesota is kind of like, that's, that's, we're kind of really out here on our own. Could we get somebody a little bit closer than Chicago? It's really any one of three teams, Minnesota, St. Louis, or Dallas. And it looks like Dallas is the team that's going to be willing to, yeah, we'll go into the central and Minnesota can go out west and have St. Louis. So it's an interesting mix of Atlantic division teams, mm-hmm. some old southeast division opponents. I like that that there's that old southeast division rivalry there. Yeah, some central, some actual central division yep. teams uh with Nashville and I would like to see the Caps in that division though. Yeah. I know why the Caps are in the Atlantic or the East, however it's going to be metro. phrased out the yeah, the metro. Um I understand why, but I just think it would be when people were looking for balance and things to do, you put Washington in with this group and you could, for my money, put Columbus in to the Metro or whatever they're going to call it. There's still a possibility, I suppose, that the Hurricanes could be in that Eastern Metro Atlantic division. Yeah, none of these things, by the way, it seemed, and that is one thing that's great about the internet and one thing that's not so great. The great thing is these ideas came out. The not so great thing is people think it's concrete yeah. and it's just kind of a, a framework yeah. of what they're looking at. So yeah, the Canes could end up in a division with Boston, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Washington. Like that could happen. Yeah. Well, I guess the the I'm one, just saying it could. Yeah, the one report was that Pittsburgh would move to the Central, which for my opinion doesn't really make sense no. from a from a league standpoint. I would think they would want the Pittsburgh Penguins in a division that's going to attract the matchups of the Rangers, the Capitals, the Flyers, all your big name division. The, the yes, division. Yes, but Michael, you got to peer past a fifty-six game schedule. And where do the majority of the eyes watch hockey? The postseason, and they're looking at: Do we want a division? where we're going to knock out Pittsburgh or the Rangers or the Capitals if they have an off season where we're going to knock out, you know, two big markets or Philadelphia, you know, put them or Boston. We're going to knock out two big markets. Like hate to say this folks, but there is an eye on what's fair and equitable, but also what can produce more interesting storylines. And in their world, you know, if you put Pittsburgh in the central, Pittsburgh in the playoffs, in a lot of economic terms, makes a lot more sense than, I don't know, Florida. I think Pittsburgh makes the playoffs in either division. Uh, I think so, but what I'm saying is if Pittsburgh makes it, you're knocking out another really good team. Like, There's going to be a good team in that Eastern Atlantic proposal, yeah. or Metro, whatever we're calling it. Um, it's going to be Washington, Pittsburgh... Boston, Philly, Philly, or the Rangers, or the Rangers or the Islanders, or the Islanders. Yes, those, those three. So you're looking at a couple of teams that could potentially draw big ratings yep. that aren't going to make the playoffs. So I'm, I'm just saying, if you can up your chances of having yep. one of those teams where you get ratings, you look at it, you explore all of these things. Yeah, I would. Just by the think, way, not a conspiracy theory. I'm just saying it's it's business. That's what you do. Yeah, I would just think, uh, yeah, NBC from a television standpoint would want. Pittsburgh in that division where the ratings are always pretty solid. Yeah, but then you get the whole, and I'm tired of the 
storyline of, well, it's the same teams on TV. Well, if you think you put that division together, you're going to see anybody else on TV. You're not. Yeah. Not national, not the, the NBC games. Yeah. There's a lot to be considered and a lot of proposals being tossed out because, uh, the, you know, the league wants to make sure they consider everything. Mm -hmm. But so the Hurricanes are looking at one of two divisions. And when it comes down to it. You mean they're not going to be in the Canadian division? I don't think so. Okay. Thank you for the clarity. I guess that could change. Thank you. But as of now, they're not in the Canadian yeah. division. Yeah. I believe but, the number one prerequisite is you have to be in Canada for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, unless Canada annexes Raleigh. Not happening. <laughs> I don't think. They've got bigger f fish to fry right now. <laughs> or fish to catch. catch in an ice hole. And then fry. <laughs> because everything is better fried. That's that's all the food talk we're going to have. If you're looking for me to dispute that fact, you are looking in the wrong area. I do think that the Hurricanes would make the playoffs in either of those two divisions. The Central Division, I think we can both agree, is the easier of the two divisions. Because the Eastern Division is the Metro with Boston and a Buffalo team that's still not going to be great, but I think going to be improved in it whereas the central you have the worst team from a year ago chicago's on the decline florida they still snuck into the playoffs and in one though well yeah and and they were a part of the tournament all right all right you do this i'm gonna let's go back and forth let's let's go to your setup again for the division how you had it detroit i can't argue with they're they've made some good additions but they're still not very good. Yeah. They're they're the uh what was the great thing from the NBA draft, the Fran Fraschilla thing? They're two years away from being two years away. Yeah. They're they're kind of in that boat right now. Yeah. They're they're trying to instill and I, I like what Steve Eisenman's trying to do, trying to instill a new culture to that team. And our old friend LJ Scarpace in the video room. Yes. Good man. They've got good parts to yes. build off of, but they still have a long way to go. Uh, we can go Minnesota, assuming that. All right. So Minnesota, they're old. Uh, yeah, they're not very good. They have, they have parts that you look at on paper and say, "Oh, that's a good team," but those parts either a don't stay healthy or b are consistent enough for the course of a season where you'd look at it. And and I'm going to be honest. If you're going to tell me one team is going to stay and one team or one, I have my pick of Minnesota and Dallas in the Central. Or I would St. rather Lewis. for for or St. Louis. Yeah. I would rather for the Canes' sake, I would rather Minnesota stay than see St. Louis or Dallas. For sure. I okay. think in order of preference, it's probably Minnesota, St. Louis, Dallas. One being the one you I most know. prefer. Yes, I know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you want to. I think St. Louis and Dallas to me are on the same. Yeah, they're plane. they're close. Okay. Fair. Chicago. On the decline. You still have Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane on that team. You do. And, and, and facing that seven times a year, or eight times a year, yeah. sorry, is uh, it'd be interesting. And Kirby Doc, who comes in last year and lights it up as a rookie, uh, our, our good friend uh, who you watch play hockey, low-key, play really, really good, um, our good friend... Trip Tracy will tell you you never count out the heart of a champion. Yep. Sorry, I spaced on Trip there for half a second. 
Lucas Walmart is there. You were just digging in. I was also digging in for our good friend Lucas Walmart. But Lucas Walmart is there. Their problem is their goaltending and their defense. Yeah. And speaking of good friends, Calvin DeHaan is there. He is. So they, again, yeah, are they on the decline? I don't know what they are. They're not champions anymore, but I hate to play, I'd hate to play that team eight times. I don't think they're... I don't think they're a playoff team. No. Not on their not on their surface because of the goaltending. Their goaltending is too big of a question mark for them. The two teams in that division I could see more competing for a playoff spot would be Florida and Columbus. Well, Columbus, you have a just tough style of play because of what John Tortorella puts into uh, that team. And they have players who play it to a team. Their defense is amazing with Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, and then you can run down that up front. They've got some talented players. And take your pick for their goalies because it doesn't matter. You put somebody in that system, and they seem to be Vesna quality, so they're fine. Florida Florida's that team where you look at them, and you're like, you have all this talent. Why don't you win more? Yeah, I and I wonder if they take a step this year versus last year. Do they? I don't know. It, it might come down to Bob. Well, does, does I was going to say, and Sergei Bobrovsky, in a shorter season, if he doesn't figure it out, if he struggles, then they struggle. And then there's Nashville. A good team. Not good team. as good, but still a good team. I I like them more with Peter Laviolette behind the bench. Oh, yeah. I like any team more with Peter Laviolette behind the bench. But, again, they have pieces. They have two good goalies. Pecorini isn't what he used to be. Um, but in... In your in what UC Soros, they're still have a good backup. Yeah, so they have enough pieces there. Yeah, then they're the defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. They're good. They're good. They're, they're gonna. They're, win. The, they're the best team. If yeah. we're being honest, they're the best team in the division. With every yes, depending on what they look like, they still have some salary cap issues they have to solve. Yeah, they're the best team in the division. And then there's the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes. Hurricanes are the second best team in the division. Can compete for, I think, second place in the division. No, they are the second-place team in the division. Yeah. They are the second-best team in the division. It's going to come down, I think, uh, to them in Nashville. I think Nashville could conceivably compete for second place, but the Hurricanes, if you look at their recent history against the Predators, have kind of figured that team out. So I, I when I look at that division... I look at it and say, yeah, th- this is this is quite obviously the the division the Hurricanes want to be in because they can conceivably finish second. They get they'll they'll give Tampa a little run, but I just think Tampa's too good. The thing that scares you about playing a team like Nashville is how good they are defensively, and with John Hines now coaching them, do they just buy into this system of we're going to try to beat you two to one because? You've got Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matias Ekholm. They pick up uh, Mark Borowetsky from Ottawa in the offseason. That's a little kind of low-key, off-the-radar signing that not a lot of people pick up. It's just up front, do they have enough? Yeah. You know, Ryan Johansson hasn't been what they thought. Matt Duchesne didn't give them uh, what they were looking for with an $8 million price tag. But then you've got players like Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson who are really good, who can yeah. light it up. They're a decent team, but there's still a lot of question marks on that team. Yeah. And then you compare that to the East, where I still think the Hurricanes are a top-four team, which this year, at least, again, the reports are that the top-four teams in each division would make the playoffs. And you're probably looking at a situation where you play one-versus-four, two-versus-three, and then 
the winners of those play in the second round. Yep. You're not going outside your division until the third round of the playoffs. So I think the Hurricanes by far in that central division are a playoff team. Second place, I think, is highly attainable. The East division, I still think they're a playoff team. I just think it's maybe more a third or fourth place yeah. because you have to play Boston eight times. You have to play Pittsburgh eight times. You have to play Philly eight times. You have to play Washington eight times. Like they're, it's again, it's the metropolitan division with Boston added into it. That's pretty good. Yep. The teams you subtract would be Columbus, and yeah, when you make the Columbus for Boston switch, I mean that's yep. uh, that's pretty good. They're better than Buffalo. I mean they own the Sabers. What they haven't lost to the Sabers in. What, 11, 12 games? Yeah, the Sabres. I mean, we're going on like five or six years, it's it's about. And, it, and they've all been like wild games, yeah. too. The, and the Sabres are better this year, but they're still not going to be no. great. They're, the Sabres are going to be the team that keeps somebody out of the playoffs in that division because they can't find a way to beat them. Because they're going to they're gonna beat somebody in that division, but they're not good enough to beat that division and yeah. get into the top four. So, you know. Either way you slice it, either division you put the Hurricanes in, I think they're a good enough team to make the playoffs oh, sure. for the third year in a row. Sure. It's that just is, a matter of where they where they seed. But that is, I think that's pretty astute, although the funny thing is, in my mind, I don't think there's going to be that much of a difference between being the, the second seed and the third seed, the way that the playoffs are going to shake out. Yeah, no. I The way the proposed playoffs are going to shake out, where one plays four in this division and two plays three. Yeah, because, well... I guess it kind of depends on the state of the vaccine and everything, because if you can have fans... I'm by, just operating by what we have right now. That's true. And and the way we operate right now is likely no fans, so home ice advantage isn't really going to be a thing. So if, if home ice advantage isn't a thing, and, and if there's going to be a bubble for the Final Four in the Stanley Cup, perhaps the league also goes to 2-3-2 two, two, instead of 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, 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 one. Maybe. But either way, yeah, I whether you're the one seed or the or the two seed or the three seed, I, yeah. I home ice advantage. I don't think will play a factor, especially, yeah, just between those teams. I, I think that if you're in the top three, that matters. The difference is what you've just talked about. If the Canes in that Metro division, however that shakes out, there's a big difference between being the three seed and the four seed. Yes, big difference. So because you're either. You know, in that metric. you're either playing Boston or Washington, right? I'm just putting that out there. I think that those will be the top two teams in that division. Yeah, or maybe Pittsburgh. Maybe depends. It all comes back to goaltending. Yeah, but I mean that is a. It, it's funny. I think the Canes are better than Pittsburgh right now, on paper today, yeah. heading into the season. Yeah, I would agree. And that's a team that has Sidney Crosby. And Evgeny Malkin. I know how insane that sounds. I get it. But then the funny thing is, for people, and before the state of Pennsylvania loses their mind at me, I don't know if the Canes are better than Philadelphia right now. I think they might be even. I think they're better than Philly. I would say they're closer. I, I think the two teams, Philly won a lot of games at home last year. Yes, they did. And I wonder how that's... Carter Hart was amazing in Philadelphia and average on the road. Right. And I kind of wonder if that levels out this year just because and i i don't know i i I don't really perceive wells fargo center as having you know a great home ice advantage 
it gets loud. Oh, when yeah. that team gets buzzing, it, it gets loud in there. They but. turn the music up to a normal volume <laughs> is 10, and they go to 3,008. Yes, they do. It shakes during warm-ups. Yes. I've been on the pregame show with you before, and it's kind of hard to hear anything. Yes. Really. Rehearsal is really good, and then all of a sudden about... 625, it goes to 11. It's not as loud as Vegas, though. No, nothing is. They've they've got the loudest pregame. Yes, they do. They went to Hakkasan or <laughs> any of your clubs. Look or, at you dropping the clubs out in Vegas. They walked there. They heard how loud the music was in there. They said, we've got, we have to take that and make it louder. It's Vegas. And then they did that. And they did. All right, so did we answer the question? I well, I mean, the question is: Are the Hurricanes a playoff team? I think the answer is yes. No in the matter. central, in the central, absolutely one hundred percent. In the east, a little bit more of a question because it's a little bit more of a meat grinder in the east. It's just a tougher road, but that's the Metropolitan Division. The Hurricanes are used to that. It would be nice if they could yep. get some reprieve for a year, head to the central, play yep. some new teams, see yep. some new faces, yep, start some new rivalries. I really do believe the Nashville Predators. Oh could be a rival for the Hurricanes. I'm with you. But, you know, when you only see each other twice a year, it's 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 tough. I'm with you. That 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 to me, the two most natural rivals for the Carolina Hurricanes are the Washington Capitals and the Nashville Predators. Yep. So, hopefully, hopefully we get that. But sorry that I spaced out on Trip's name for a half a second and Lucas Walmart as well. Hopefully we have some some concrete news soon because everything we discussed is 100% subject to change. By the time you're listening to this, it could have changed. All right. Well, you know what it's time to listen for. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. You have one? Well, no. We've we've got the fans have submitted plenty, and I appreciate that. Well, actually, before we get into that, before we get into the voicemails that our kind fans have submitted, let's give away some beer. Can we? I think so. I think we've been given this uh we've been given this honor and privilege of bestowing Stormbrew for an entire year to one of our loyal listeners. Here's what you have to do. Rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts. That's for some reason the only platform that you can rate and review a podcast on. So rate us, review us, take a screenshot of it. And tweet it with the hashtag Canescast. That's important because when we go back to compile all of your tweets for next week and select a winner, we'll search the hashtag Canescast. So hashtag Canescast with a screenshot of your rating of your review. If you've rated us or reviewed us before, do it again. I think you can do that. Okay. If not, tell a friend. Have a friend rate us and review us. And then you can split with them. Spread the good word. 90-10 split. 90% goes to you, 10% goes to your friend. We'll leave that between them. Yeah, it's up to you. But we're we're here for you. So, as Michael just said, find us on Twitter. Use the hashtag Canescast. You don't even have to find us on Twitter. If you use the hashtag Canescast, we'll find you. Correct. With a picture of your five-star review. I can't believe you're bribing people like this. It's not bribery. It's uh, encouragement. No, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. But... Five-star review with your review of the show, why you like it, why you like the Canescast every single week, why we 
uh, can bring you hopefully a little bit of a smile or hockey entertainment or infotainment, as Homer Simpson once famously said. And you can get an unbelievably crushable, drinkable, crispy beer. That would be Storm Brew for one whole year. For an entire year. Thanks to your friends here at Kane's Cast. More importantly at R&D, who yeah. makes Storm Brew. But also as important, the web's Michael Smith and yours truly. Cheers. We're making that happen for you. Cheers to that. So you don't have one, right? No. Uh, I, I have one for you, though. Oh, okay. Because I take my show prep serious, except when it comes to remembering names, and then I just blank out on everything. But Hit me. There will be baseball-type series for how the schedule is released yes. for this upcoming season. Take it. Run with it. It's going to be... Um, well, we'll just float this out for a scenario purpose. Uh, say you travel to... Well, we'll put the Hurricanes in the Central. They'll travel to Nashville on a Wednesday. They'll play Thursday, Friday. Saturday will be a practice day. They'll play Sunday. They'll leave after the game. I think it's going to work something like that. I don't know if all of the you know games will play out in that manner, but you're looking at multiple games in a city against the same team just to help curb the travel. And I think what it's going to do is, you know, we, we talked to Jordan Martinuk last week, and he said he, he kind of thrives in the, the, the playoff yep. environment. Yep. And I do think, you know, even without fans in the building, that when you play a team that many times in such a short period, there, there's some animosity that builds oh, up. Oh, yeah. You build up the bad blood. No Taylor Swift reference on that one. <laughs> the one thing I want to add to it, I think that the league, if you want to make the schedule, if you could do this, of course there's going to be some building conflicts. There won't be many, but for teams that share with an NBA team, Right? There's going to be a small conflict here or there. If you're the league, let me throw this at you. You don't have to. You don't have to. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. But play Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Because if fans aren't allowed in the arena, the main reason you want to play games on Saturday and Sunday is you can get more fans in the arena. You know, you're not coming from work. If it's a Saturday game, you don't have to go to work the next day. You can get more people in the arena. Well, if we're dealing with a situation of you're not going to get people in the arena, but you want to get more eyeballs on the game, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or you could you could lap it. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you can have a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. And that's how you'd play. And Sunday, no matter what, Sunday is an off day for the league. Yeah, I think we'll see something like that. Just saying. I, that it's going to it's going to be different than schedules past 100%. But how about schedules present? Schedules present will look different. Schedules future will hopefully look like schedules past. It is it is the holidays, so you threw that out there and I figured I'd throw a little bit of a scrooged tinge at you. I watched the uh the 1938 a Christmas carol. Oh yeah. The other night. That's a good one. It holds up. A timeless classic. It really does. Yeah. There are a bunch of them. There are a bunch of them that are very good. Uh, there's the one with George C. Scott that's very good. Uh, but my favorite take on it is the one with Bill Murray, Scrooged. Oh, interesting. Have you ever seen it? Uh, nope. <sighs> nope. See it. There's one apparently on Hulu or was on FX uh, from the Peaky Blinders writer. It's apparently very dark and gritty, like Peaky Blinders. Oh, shocking. Which 
I'm kind of interested in seeing. Who's in it and who's playing Scrooge? Mm, good question. Don't know. All right. Well, go watch the one with Bill Murray. All right. Because it's, it's, it's more comedy tinged than right. anything else. There are a ton of adaptations out there. Uh, it's a classic piece from Charles Dickens. It is. Our friend. And huge <laughs> huge Katie. That's, that's, that's not, our, that's bit, not our shtick. That's somebody else's. He's going to dig in on that one. Speaking of, uh, of having one of if these. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Hey guys, it's Danielle. Just wanted to let you know I love listening to you guys every week and I'm always looking forward to seeing what Mike Smith doesn't have for a like it, take it. Anyway, have a good one. Bye. Thank you, Danielle. Caught me. Thank you, Danielle. Danielle, five stars on that call. We're best friends for life. Imagine how I feel every week we do this and it was Michael Smith's idea to put this segment in. And for 90% of these, he doesn't have anything. And it's not hard. It's not like I'm reinventing the wheel with my questions here. Sometimes they border on the repetitive because, well, we get the same subject matter and keep going there. But it's like not even an attempt. It's just you're, you're, You walk in and you say, give me the zero on the exam. I'll make it up in the final. I don't just care about me, the midterm. Just give me an F. I'm out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Here's another one. Hi, this is Kevin, long-time caller, first-time listener. Uh, I'm going to put something out there. I want to say something. Uh, if you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. But the Kings will not lose to a Canadian team this year. Thanks a lot. I'm going to hang up and listen to you. One of the only things I miss from my radio days is when I would get that. Long-time caller, first-time listener. People are like, what? Because you always get the first-time caller, long-time listener. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take that because, yeah. Yes. Although I do want to see how the playoffs shake out, like which division plays which division. I think they're going to have to do it just by seed. Like that's the only thing that makes sense, I think. But it's going to be chaos. eh. Because like, because the Canes won't see a Canadian team until the, the semifinal. The conference final. And it's not conferences anymore. So right. you have to call it the semifinal. I, At least. I think I'm okay with that, right? Nobody's going to come hammer down on me for that. At least that. Maybe even the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. So that would be the only two times they would see a Canadian team. Now, I believe if they do see a Canadian team, they're capable of sweeping them because it's Canada. Uh, but, you know, I'll give them one. But I, I'm very confident that the uh, Hurricanes are going to best Canada, so I'll, I'll well, keep it. If it's Toronto, we know what's going to happen. Yes. We've got a guy. Yeah. Here's another voicemail. Hey, guys. Howie Handel, long-time tweeter, first-time caller. Um, like it, take it. Advertising badge on the sweaters, and if yes, why should it be Bojangles? Hope you all have a good day. That's a great one. Didn't leave his name, but... Howie. Oh, yeah. He said it in immediately. I'm looking at the transcript, and uh, Google failed on the transcript. It's Howie Handorf. He tweets us all the time. H. Handorf on Twitter. Yes. I don't think there are any numbers. I think it's just... No, he's a real human being, not yeah. a bot. Which, by the way, when you're on Twitter and you see somebody respond to something, and it's like John, and it's 37 numbers, they're not quoting scripture, one. And two, probably a bot if it's something negative. Probably a Russian bot. Or just a troll, and we move on. Uh, to answer that question, yeah, I'll take it all the way. Yeah, so we're going to see that. We're seeing it in the NBA. You're going to see it everywhere. Yeah, so reports came out last week that 
the league might uh, explore advertising on helmets first, which kind of seems like the logical first step into advertisements on jerseys. We've seen it in the NBA, and I think as long as it it kind of blends in with the sweater or the jersey in the NBA, I think as long as it makes sense and, and fits there, well, I don't have a problem can, with it. Can I be honest? We've already been seeing it in the NHL for a long time with the, the, the manufacturer of the jerseys. Yeah. Uh, we saw it in baseball. Uh, this year, the Nike logo, the swoosh, went from sleeves to out front. And let me just say, Nike making baseball jerseys, I don't like it. Well, it doesn't matter to me. The The only jersey where it struck me as odd was the Yankees pinstripe jersey because there was a swoosh over on the right, and you're like, well, that's not supposed to be there. But look at the NFL. <laughs> look at where logos have moved on that. So, yeah, I'm, I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to see it in the NHL. And the answer, uh, why wouldn't it be Bojangles? It has to be Bojangles. Bojangles would be great. and has to be. And it fits uh, like, like a white Bojangles logo would look great. On With the, the red letters? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, no, just, just the one color white. On the Canes red sweater, on the Canes black sweater, I think it'd look good. I see what you're. I see what you're going with there. Yeah. Well, it's bow time. So, Howie, as uh, you are an effective tweeter, you are also an effective caller of the show. I will keep it. Yeah, I'm going to keep it as well. Thanks, Howie. Let's get to another voicemail here. Hi, Mike and Michael. Hope y'all are doing well. My name is Alex, and I kind of have two questions. The first one would be is I saw on Twitter today, December 10th, that supposedly the NHL might be buying COVID vaccines somehow for people involved in the upcoming seasons. And I was wondering if y'all might have thoughts on that or any insights on that. And then my second question would be, um, could you possibly see Brian Suzuki having a spot potentially with the big club come not this season but next season? Or do you think he has potentially a year or two more before he makes his debut in the NHL? Hope you all are doing well and that you have happy holidays. And, of course, go Kane. Bye. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, thanks, Alex. That was a Alex did more research in his questions than I think we've done ever. <laughs> Certainly for this show. Yeah. Uh, to address your first question about the NHL potentially buying a vaccine, that was floated by John Shannon on Twitter yeah. uh, last week, as you mentioned. I do think that all sports leagues at some point are probably going to do that, but it's not like the NHL or the NBA is going to like tomorrow go buy a bunch of vaccines and, and jump the line for, you know, before healthcare workers yeah. and uh, uh, people who need it more um, are going to get it. I, I, I can see all sports leagues doing it at some point, um, but I, I, nothing's concrete at this point. There are no, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's any uh, order placed. It's just, it's probably something that the league would consider down the line. Yeah. I would venture uh, what Michael just said, that every league has investigated how do we purchase this, how could we do this, how does it work. But 
they're not going to be purchasing any vaccines that keeps it away from frontline workers, people who need need it. Yeah. Basically, uh, one for survival and two, uh, the people who are putting themselves in harm's way every day, uh, the doctors, the nurses, the EMTs, the, the people who are dealing with this every single minute, it seems like, of, of every day. So it's not like leagues are going to buy it and keep it away from those folks, but you have to do your due diligence as a league because you want to keep your players as healthy as possible. You want to keep your personnel as healthy as possible. But what Michael said, it's not like they're going to get it and jump the line over people who need it a little bit more. As far as uh, Suzuki goes, this is a a good question. And and it's not for this year because I don't think that there is a spot on this roster for him this year. But next year, things change up a little bit different for for this Canes club. And I think it really truly depends on uh, a couple of factors this year, how few guys play, but there's going to be open spots on the Canes roster next year where he can compete and maybe find himself on the, on the team. I, I just think the tough thing for guys like Ryan Suzuki, everybody who's in that boat right now um, is how are you going to be judged this year? Cause how much of a junior season is there going to be? How much of an AHL season is there going to be? Um, so our, when this season is over, are more trusted commodities going to be employed for the 21-22 season? Or do you take the chance on guys who might not have had a full season of development in the minors that you hope they're ready for and yeah. what, fingers crossed, will be a normal 82-game regular season? Yeah, I mean, the biggest roadblock for him this season is just the fact when you look at the Hurricanes forward group right now, there are 13 forwards I think you can say that are on the roster and since he's only 19, he wouldn't be able to play in the AHL this season since he is a junior uh, since he does play in juniors. So yeah, I think you're looking at next year potentially as the earliest for him to to begin his professional career uh, whether that's here with the Hurricanes or with the Chicago Wolves I do think you know someone like him might benefit from a year in the with, minors in the minors in the AHL with Chicago, kind of like Martin Natchez. You know, he spent most of the 2018-19 season in Charlotte with the Checkers, um, and I think that I think that did a lot for his development because I think you saw him come in this year with maybe a little more confidence than he would have had if he had to to really adjust to the game. Uh, in the 2018-19 season, spending that full season here with the Hurricanes. So we'll see. Uh, not this year, but perhaps next year. And if not then, then maybe a couple years down the line. Also, I think this is something else that's important, Michael. It's what do the Hurricanes view him as? Yeah. Is he a center or is he a winger? And how do you want to develop him? And, you know, Marty Natchez, everybody says, is going to be a center, but the Canes have developed him right now as a winger. Sebastian Ajo came up as a winger. So I, I think you have to look at how the roster is going to be transformed over this next year. Do you have openings at the center position? But it's a really good question. Uh, I do think that there could be a spot for him, but I think it's going to be tough for him to get there and that there's a lot of, a lot of circumstances involved with that. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Let's get to our next voicemail here. Yes. We've, we've got a lot. Uh, thanks to, to all our listeners who have who called our voicemail line in the first week that it was set up. Um, here's one. Mike and Michael. This is Stephen Blackman, uh, also known on Twitter as Mr. Caniac 22 I hope y'all are doing well. 
I've got a question for this week's episode. Do you think Keith Yandel or Patrick Marlowe will break Doug Jarvis's all-time record for consecutive games played? Thanks, and I look forward to hearing another episode. Well, thanks for your uh, question there, Steve. Sir, this is Kane's cast. <laughs> yeah, this is Kane's cast. Um, Patrick Marlowe, no. Yandel has a shot. Because Yandel, as Michael Smith actually did do some research, um, has two Keith years. Yandel has two years left on his deal. Beyond this 2020-21 season. Meanwhile, uh, Patrick Marlowe has one more left. I just have a hard time thinking that Patrick Marlowe is going to get signed. And remember, this is only going to be a 56-game season this year. Yeah. So Marlowe's going to have to play the year after that. I think that this is it for Marlowe. This is the last run. Uh, Phil Kessel, by the way, knocking on the door. 844 for uh, Philip hanging out in the desert. Uh, Keith Yandel, 866 games. He is 98 behind Jarvis. He's got to play two years, but he's got two years on the book, so I give Yandel the opportunity to do that. And why are you short-selling Gary Unger? Can't we give Gary a chance? 914, second place. But, yeah, uh, my money, if I were a betting man, would be Yandel, uh, not on Marlowe. Yeah. Maybe Kessel. Yeah, maybe. That machine just keeps going. <laughs> that is, yes, it keeps chugging along. How that, when you talk about players, if I said, if I told you, what if I told you that a guy like Phil Kessel has played 844 consecutive games, <laughs> who, by the way, has two years left on his deal. Yeah. He's got a shot of getting there. So just put it there. Another voicemail. <clears throat> This is Danny Ingram with the limited ability to watch TV telecasts of the Kings games when you can't attend in person. Are the Kings considering hosting their own TV broadcast? Thanks for your question, Danny. I, um, I technically have to remove myself from answering okay, this. That's but, but I'll give a short answer. No, because there's a lot that goes into yeah. putting on broadcast. And then you still have to get it on to a subscriber. And that becomes, this is what everybody, I guess, is, is dealing with. Um, and that's why I just technically can't comment on any of it. So yeah. if you want to take the ball from here, go I, ahead. The hope is that, you know, Sinclair broadcasting works out some things with streaming services hulu youtube tv whether that happens or not is completely out of our hands um but we'll certainly keep you updated on you know all that we can in terms of how you're going to be able to watch the hurricanes because i know that is a, a big question this year yep. since fans will most likely not be in the building for much of the season believe me i want everybody to watch as much of the games as they possibly can uh but down in in a thing going down this road like Dodger games aren't broadcast in LA like their home games like that seems insanity to me uh for years the Blackhawks home games were on pay-per-view uh that switched but it's really it's a, it's a deal between the carriers and the networks that's what it comes down to and it costs a lot of money yeah to broadcast games yep 
Let's get another voicemail. Oh, sure. Hi, Mike and Mike. This is Derek from Durham. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Just have two quick questions for you. Uh, first one is, how soon do you see Cam Ward's jersey hanging in the Raptors at PNC? And the second one is, what do you see is the impact of this year and the COVID crisis on the NHL and teams' budgets and also the player cap? Thanks, guys. Well, thank you, Derek. You want to take thank the you. second one first? Oh, yeah. Really good. And by the way, we haven't said this enough. Hi. Everybody is calling. That's true. Um, yeah, I, the effects on uh, teams' budgets and the player cap, obviously the player cap is remaining flat. Yeah, it's already had that impact, that it's not going up. It's not going to move down, but it's not going up for a couple of seasons, maybe more. Yeah, and you certainly see teams obviously more uh, hamstrung by uh, – by financials mm-hmm. than you would have in a, in a normal year. Um, I think yeah, as far as player spending goes, teams almost have to still continue to spend money in that department if they want to remain competitive. You know, but certainly without ticket revenue, without parking revenue, without uh, concessions revenue, I'm sure merchandise revenue too. Without fans in the building buying things is down across the league that obviously is is going to have a negative effect on uh on how teams spend money and where teams spend money uh so it's the sports industry is you know like a lot of industries this year has been uh heavily affected by the pandemic but but i do believe in i i would maybe say heading into the 22 23 season that hopefully the the industry will have stabilized by then. After you have yep. a full season, um, hopefully with fans back in the building, you have Seattle in the league. Yep. Heading into their second year, I think I think you're looking at a a, a strong and healthy NHL. Well, you're also going to get the bump of the six hundred and fifty million dollars from Seattle joining the league. To what Michael just said, uh, I want to circle back to uh, the question that Alex asked about Ryan Suzuki. Yeah, when you talk about the impact that this will have on the league. I think that you're going to see a lot of expensive or higher priced veterans or veterans who are making, who are playing in the bottom six, who are making that between 1.5 and $3.5 million. You're going to see those guys get cycled out of the league and teams are going to go with young players yeah, who are on entry level deals, making less than a million dollars. So you can be cap compliant. So you can put more money in your top six or your blue line or your goaltending and they'll just live with young players figuring it out. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the best way to go, but I think you're going to see it's it's going to be very weird. I think you're going to see some really good players get marginalized because of the cap that you just can't you can't have a $7 million third or fourth line anymore. You know, you want to, or maybe you can try to, but you're going to see a lot of things, I think, change that way. The Cam Ward question is an interesting one for me because, you know, my card's on the table. Uh, I have looked at, at his numbers through the years. They're not Hall of Fame numbers, uh, especially the way that uh, the league had had changed from his time in it. But you take a look at what he did when he was right. He holds every goaltending record for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, He's a guy who, if you ask me, I would retire number 30. Yeah. I would. Yeah, You know, he won a Conn Smythe and a Stanley Cup in his rookie season. Uh, that 9 playoff run, he was unbelievable. The reason why they got to the conference finals. Uh, there are a lot of good things that happened in front, but you take a look at his goaltending. 
going head-to-head with Marty Brodeur and then Tim Thomas, and he was better than both of them in that series. And then he gets he gets hurt in the Pittsburgh series, and that's kind of the yeah. end of that one, yeah. uh, how it plays out. But And then in the, the 12-13 season, that shortened season, uh, the Hurricanes were in first place in the Southeast Division, and then he gets hurt. Yep. And the wheels kind of come off from there. Injuries so. really derailed how good his career could have been. And then something else, I don't think that the Canes really – ever had that that balance with a number two goalie yeah. in Cam Ward. Yeah. And then one of the ironies of ironies is when the Canes finally found balance with that backup goaltender, it was when Cam said that he would transition to be the backup goaltender yeah. for the team. And then uh, they, they needed him more. Yeah, Anton Hudobin was here, and he had that great stretch where he was the player of the month in January. But then, you know, the next year it was, could he do it again? And, and Hudobin didn't find it, but I'm glad that he's found it in Dallas because he is a great personality for the game. Uh, Cam Ward, I think if you were to poll Carolina Hurricanes fans, maybe the most divisive figure in Hurricanes history is Cam Ward. Yeah. And, and I don't get it. I just don't. Uh, the, but that position is like quarterback right. in the NFL. Exactly. You get way too much credit and way too much blame. I wonder if, you know, if you if you don't put thirty in the rafters, is there some sort of ring of honor? Well, I think you can do like a, a Hall of Fame, like a Hurricanes Hall of Fame. You yeah. can do that. Philadelphia does that. Right. Rod Brandemore is part of that. Right. But because then when you talk about maybe ring of honor. Uh, selections, then you open it up to maybe Arthur Zerbe, yep. Jeff O'Neill, yep. you know, some players like Ray that. Ray Whitney. That, right, that don't get the the retired number treatment, but still get recognized as, you know, some, some great players that contributed to the success of this team. Absolutely. It's a good question, though. You can raise Mike Commodore's hat that you took from him in, in Banff to the Raptors if you want. It's a good hat. It is. Morning, guys. My name is Ryan. I'm a paramedic in Kinston, North Carolina. I live in Raleigh. I live a walking distance from PNC Arena. I love you guys' podcast. I listen to it on my commute. When you guys say that you're fan-driven, you guys help me drive to work every day, and I really appreciate it. I really wanted to say how much I appreciate you guys digging in over this whole pandemic. Wait, digging in is the other podcast I listen to, not this one. But you guys are doing it, too, and I really appreciate it. And that's the other question that I have for you is, are you guys going to be on Digging In With Trip? Because that would be a great crossover episode. I've heard Trip on yours. I'm waiting to hear you guys on his. Love you guys' show. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I look forward to hearing from you next week. Well, thank you, Ryan. Oh, thanks, Ryan. That was a great voicemail. Thank you. And thanks for, uh, for all you do as a paramedic, too. Thank you. And, yeah, really great voicemail. Uh, when are we going to be on Digging In with Trip? I don't know. That's a question we have to ask uh, Trip himself. Not saying that I have put feelers out there, Ooh. but I have put feelers out there. Okay. That would be a great crossover episode because... Uh, One of the things he told, and it, it makes sense to me, is when we get a season. So we could be on and do the crossover that way. Yeah. So who knows? Hopefully soon. Stay tuned then. We'll I see. would stay tuned to both this podcast. And then you can dig in as well. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Good afternoon, guys. Um, this is a question. Who will win the Stanley Cup next year? 
uh, basically have championship parade. Uh, besides an obvious choice of downtown Raleigh, of course. Also, um, just a shout out to all the Canes fans. You guys are awesome. Hopefully, we'll be able to see each other soon. Um, stay safe. Be smart. I think you might have been driving through a tunnel. Yes. Uh, Fayetteville Street, just downtown Raleigh. Yeah, I think uh, in 06 it was here. Yep. And, that's you know, there's the road that circles the arena. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Um, had the send-off here to the bubble, mm-hmm. which was nice. But, yeah, I think downtown would be cool. Uh, if not, the road here that circles the arena, I think, works well. I think those are really your, your two main options. Yep. Unless you just... Uh, they put all those roundabouts in on Hillsborough, and that kind of changed things a little bit. Ooh. Yeah. Unless you just go down Glenwood, all parts of Glenwood, just oh. a, a Raleigh tour long, of Glenwood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm Fayetteville Street. You ended at, uh, at the Capitol. Yeah, it would be good. All right. There you go. Thanks for that question. Thank you. Um, oh, thank you. Move on to another one. Hi, my name is Martha, and I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Fan, and I was wondering, you guys might not have too much snow there, but I was um, just wondering if you could pick any player or staff member to be on your team in a snowball fight, who would it be and why? Thanks. Love the Canes cast. Well, thank you, Martha. All right. And uh, good, great to see. Thank you. Hi. There you go. Great to see uh, Canes fans' representation in Dallas. Yes. Not a ton of snow here, by the way. No, it's like uh, there's none. It's raining. There was a thunderstorm this morning, which yeah. I think means we're going to have snow in a week. Maybe. I, I I don't know. Okay. I don't concern myself with the weather as much as other people do. I'm ready for any of it. So let's just go. Like, I don't have to dig out and get my winter hat, which is what it is. Don't. Your toboggan. Don't. <laughs> I, I, I've actually. Or gloves. I know where they all are. I've transitioned to not even calling it that because. Because I've worked in hockey now for almost a decade. Thank you. It's a toque. Yes. Because that's what everybody in hockey calls it. It's a toque. All right. I'm going to separate this. Staff member and player. Okay, that's fair. Staff member, it's Rod Brindamore. Oh, yeah. We'll have a plan. We're going to win. Over. I see him like the scene in Elf. Oh, yeah. Just where he's buddy and he's just whipping them. Back so and forth. That's my, if I have the number one draft pick, yeah, it's Rod Brindamore. I think I might take. This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. As number two pick for staff member. I think he'd be, as we said last week, he's he's trim now, but he's still, yeah. he's still buff. No, he can I know. bring it. I know. I don't think you could go wrong with too many picks on the, the coaching staff. Yeah. Or the staff member. Uh, I will give a... Sneaky shout out to Doug Bennett, the head trainer for the Carolina Hurricanes. He did uh, he did do some college up at Penn State. Yeah, Happy Valley. I know he's been in a snowball fight. If you are in Penn State in the wintertime, there has been snow, and he's a Pennsylvania guy, so I could trust him on that one. So there's lots to to get in there. Player wise, though, this is this is where we can get into trouble. Smitty, because like, who do we pick? And then why didn't we pick this guy or that guy? But I'm going to go current players. Yeah. Because Justin Williams would have been high on the list because his arm's really good. 
going Jordan Martinuk. Mm, yep, I like that pick. Uh, I might go Jordan Stahl, even though he he would be a big target. That's the only because yeah. I'm a big target, and yeah. I'm I'm giving my team a disadvantage to start with. So, but I like Jordan Stahl's upper body strength for a snowball fight. It's it's up there. Then I was also thinking Sebastian Ajo, kind of shifty, under the radar, can quick. get into places quick, boom, boom, stealthy. Yeah. Tavo Teravainen would be... Same way, same thing. Yeah. Same thing on the fins there. I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go Jordan Stahl. All right. That's B. A good, really good question, though. Oh, I know. It's pretty good. So, either way, we're taking a Jordan to be in our yeah. snowball fight. If your name's Jordan. You're in. You're up. Here we go. Although I would, I would like to have Brett Pesci as a teammate, just for when he just absolutely plugs somebody in your face, my guy, and then moving on. <laughs> I like that because he would talk trash. I think he would talk trash in a snowball. Fight. Oh, I think well, Jordan Martinuk would too. That's the big reason why he's high on the list. Yeah, it'd be fun, and he would give like a speech. Yeah, to just rally the troops yeah. and away we go. Rally speech. All right. Okay. Here's another uh, voicemail. Hey, Mike and Michael. Uh, this is Dana from Raleigh, North Carolina. I want to thank you guys, first and foremost, for giving me and my dad something to really bond over. Uh, we started with the Checkers in Charlotte, and now we're with the Canes in Raleigh. Um, this podcast is five stars, hands down. Um, my question for you guys is what has been your favorite or most iconic interview moment on the podcast? Uh, have a great Monday, and as always, go Canes. First off. Hi. And then secondly. Thank you. Five stars, best friends. Yeah, five, well, five stars for that voicemail. Yeah. Really We've great. had two five-star voicemails. Really great. Um, I'm glad you guys, you and your dad, have been able to bond over hockey. Yeah. Charlotte Checkers, of course, down in the Queen City, here with the Hurricanes in Raleigh. What is our favorite or most iconic interview moment? On the podcast. Can I go with our first, Justin Williams? Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, that's where. Thank you. That's where that was born. Cam Ward has been mentioned. I think when we interviewed Cam Ward after his 300th victory, and at the time, <laughs> the Swedes of Elias Lindholm and Joachim Nordstrom were modeling Oakley sunglasses behind him. It was a it was a dual podcast television interview, and I believe Cam Ward remarked, "Wow, this is weird." Yeah, well, because it was, and then it got weirder when they when the Swedes walked through the shot. It actually ended up being a a good interview because Cam's always a, a good to talk to. I you know my two favorite interviews I think are Trip Tracy and Paul Kropelka, just because you know we got to do the deep dive with them, and really. Say it again. Dig in to their history and and background. Those two are solid. A recent one with Rod Brindamore, where we could have him on the show every week with new ideas. Yeah. Uh, the moms were great this oh. year. Denise yeah. Williams and Alyssa Pesci. They were they were awesome. Yeah. I don't know. It's we've had so many really good interviews. Yeah. And it's not like that's not a you know tooting our own horn on that one. It's just we've had a lot of good ones. Anytime we talk to Bill Berniston, like there's always something you get out of that to talk with Doug Bennett. 
We had Doug on was a really good interview. The, the players generally give us because it's a little bit more relaxed when we talk to them. Yeah, we usually get some really good stuff from the players. So, I mean, it, it's hard to to go to one. But if if I go to one, I'll go to our first one. I'll go to the the Justin Williams one because we weren't sure how this podcast was going to work out. And all these years later, thank you, still there, still there. He was our first guest. We told him he was our best guest, and that's how he, which was. Truthful. True. Yeah, we didn't we didn't lie, and he ended it with thank you, and now it ends our show. And then when we told him about it the second time we had him on the show, <laughs> that he has been basically a part of every episode of the show. He goes really how, and we told him, and now we have a new end of the show. Yeah, if you guys stick around to listen to that, hopefully. You- well, we've had a new end of the show. Yeah, before we get out of here, because I know we're going on seventy minutes now, but uh we got an email question. Oh, all right. Actually a collection. By the way, can we remind people if you want to call us, that number is active twenty four seven. Yeah. And it's nine one nine five hundred seven eight one nine. That's nine one nine five hundred seven eight one nine. Again, we tried to get like something that meant something. It means nothing. It means nothing. If you can find out what it means, go right ahead. But we just figured the 500 was was an easy kind of start. You know, we didn't want something that was like two, eight, four. Exactly. Yada, yada, yada. So 919-500-7819. Yeah, we're doing, uh, we, we kicked this off Fan Appreciation Week, of course. Uh, and if if you're on Twitter or any of the Hurricane social media, you're going to be seeing tons of giveaways this week. There's going to be a merchandise flash sale at some point. Ooh. We're going to be on Reddit. Ask, uh, well, we're AMAs. not going to be asking, but uh, fans are going to be asking questions. We're going to be answering questions uh, on Reddit this week. Lots of good stuff. Fan appreciation week. Mm-hmm. Head to hurricanes.com for all the details. That's kind of where this uh, idea for the voicemails came from. But like TV's Mike Maniscalco said, that line's open 24 mm-hmm. 7. You can leave us a voicemail anytime, and we hope to integrate them into the show regularly yeah this is just a a thank you to everybody who called in this first week we wanted to to try it out and it's went swimmingly yeah so thank you really well uh and we love hearing your voices too i mean that's that's part of the thing you know you hear our voices plenty it's nice integrating some voices from our listeners into the show agreed uh this uh, collection of email questions here from ann bowman who is at finn win on twitter uh this first collection of questions about well, what's going on now, uh, the practices, she knows a number of guys are skating already. Can they have any practice with the coaches until camp starts? The answer is, I think a limited number of club staff, maybe one coach yeah. are allowed on the ice. Even that, I'm not sure because right now there's nothing official. So let's just say, Dean Chenault or Jeff Daniels or Rod Brindamore are skating. You could you could treat it like uh, like captain skates before a season. Yes, is more what it's like. But I do think you're limited to uh, in how many players can be on the ice, how many players can be working out at a certain time. Again, because we are still in a pandemic. Yes, so. we are. This next question: Are they just skating around, or can they have any scrimmages? They can kind of do them. whatever they want. But again. Since you're limited in the number of players that can be on the ice, I don't know if you have enough for scrimmages. Uh, you could do like three-on-three three or yeah. whatever. Uh, is anyone taking leadership if no coaches? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, veteran the veteran players who are there, the guys who are 
have the seniority. So, like, if Jordan Stahl is on the ice, he's probably dictating yeah. if they're doing anything drill-wise, things like that. That's just how that goes. Can they get conditioning pointers or advice from Bill Berniston now, or does that also have to wait until camp uh, starts? They can get that anytime they want. Anytime you want. Um, he typically contacts their strength and conditioning coaches for the offseason just to kind of talk about hey, what the, are you doing? the summer plan, uh, but he stays in contact. Um, if camp is only 10 days, can they do anything as a team on the ice before it starts? It's just what they're doing now, yeah. just kind of informal skates. Um, and she ends up with maybe it's good, not so many changes on the roster. That's kind of what we've talked about. Yeah, I, I think that the way that this year is going to be, that's going to be a huge advantage for teams that didn't have to overhaul units of their team. Like the one place where you could get away with like a major change is in goal. Correct. One place. But if you were revamping lines and defensive pairings, it takes a while for players to, and when we say a while, not a season, but a couple of games, a couple of weeks in before everybody gets their timing down. And the way that this season's going to be, you can't start off you know, one in five in your first six games and hope that you're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's one of these things where it's not necessarily a sprint, but it's not a marathon. Yeah, it's much more of a sprint than a normal 82-game season. That's for sure. One last voicemail before we get out of here. Oh, yeah. Sure. How did we not get to this? Oh, hello, Mike and Mike. This is Bill Berniston. I was hoping that you guys could stop talking about food and travel and stay in your lane and talk about hockey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I I believe we did, although he didn't say movies, so we could talk about the Mandalorian or any of the movies that are coming out. As long as it's uh, not food or travel, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's he's left that open. But Billy, here's the thing: if you stay in your lane, you're restricting yourself. You're not allowing yourself to grow and explore new places and new opportunities. If you only do the same exercise and focus on one muscle, you let the other muscles kind of go away. Yeah, you have to broaden your horizons. Explore the space, if you will. We only get one kick at this. By the way, it sounded a little different then. This is Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Canes locker room. But we do appreciate the call. Five stars. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Love Bill. You. We'll stay in our lane as much as we can. Before we get out of here, one last shout to Storm Brew, the official beer of the Canes, official beer of Canes cast, 97 calories, 2.4 carbs per serving. You can win it for an entire year. An entire year just by leaving a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's what you need to do. Screenshot it. And then use the hashtag CanesCast. Put it up on Twitter. We'll find it. And then we will randomly pick a winner out of the five-star bribery beer for a year from the great people at R&D Brewing, Storm Brew. Yes, we're giving you a beverage for a year. And Storm not, Brew. And not just any beverage. The official beverage of the Carolina Hurricanes and Canes Cast. A tasty, delicious, crushable, crispy, light, refreshing lager that you can find at any of your favorite grocery stores and Costco. If they don't have it, ask for it by name. Or you could even get it from R&D yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I think that about does it. A reminder, if you want to call us, leave a voicemail, hear your voice on a future episode of yep. Canes Cast, give us a call, 919 500 Well, we will, I believe... 
leave this here. And next week, a holiday edition. Who will swing by? Santa. Hopefully. (laughs) I know him. We have many. You smell like beef and cheese. (laughs) You sit on a throne of lies. Thank you. Oh. Oh, no. We talked about movies. Yeah. Well, Well, we're allowed to. Not food or travel. We're allowed to. It wasn't food or travel. It was a quote quote from a movie. Yeah. So that'll... That'll take care of episode 153. For the web's Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Maniscalco. We will talk to you next week. Moi moi. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this (laughs) podcast.